you see with Adam, I mean, Adam and Eve, they had, think about what they had now in Genesis 2. Genesis 3, they had a perfect environment. And so their enemy came along and pointed out one thing that they did not have, and they focused on that. And you'll find in your life that it doesn't matter how many good things that you have going on, your brain will want to think about the things that you're lacking, the things that you don't have. And that's what you got from Adam. The first man and the first woman brought that into your fallen nature to not be grateful, to not be thankful, but to be always whining about something that's not going right. And I can, I can tell you right now, things won't go right. Can you just be at peace with that? No, things don't always go right. We're living in a fallen world. But the one thing that's right is God said. Amen. You know, he said in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious, be, yeah, not worried, not stressed out, not bummed out, not thinking about what you lack. Matter of fact, Matthew 6, 31, he said, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things. And the things that you've been bummed out about will be added on to you, right? <laughs> things will, no, blessings will catch up with you when you're not chasing them. When you start chasing him and stop chasing the blessings, blessings will come up on you and overtake you. And the fact that you're in a building here today where you can worship the Lord is a good place to start because lots of countries, matter of fact, there's other provinces that can't do that right now. You know, there's churches up the street that can't do that right now. And so... And so here we are. I never thought I'd see the day when a government would tell you you can't have church. And so, and so, well, they can't stop us, but I mean, they'd like to try. And so, so we give them an E for effort. And uh, but, but the the thing is, there's something. If you got hands and feet, and they work, All right? Now I got a text from somebody today that just lost five or six thousand dollars in their income, and uh, you, you know, but here's what happens in the natural. Here's what happens: God, why did you let that happen to me? No sense of responsibility, <laughs> knowing that God is good all the time. The word "good" comes from the root word "God." Can you just get settled that in your heart? No, but God gets the blame, or we blame the devil. The devil gets blamed for a whole lot of stuff he had nothing to do with. <laughs> it's the person in the mirror. Conquer that one. The disciple that Jesus loved, that's right. Look in the mirror and say, I love you. Don't go kissing it all over the place. That's... But, but at least be able to say, I love you. Say, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the sweetest of them all? Go, okay. No, but you got to start the day. You know, our blood type should be positive. Be positive. And how you are be positive is that you're thankful. Just, just think of some things today that you can thank God for. You know what? And here's the, it, it, we, we we understand that we read the the, old, the the first covenant and how they always sent the praise and worship people out first and how what a stupid battle plan that is in the natural. Well, they're coming against us. What are you going to do? Well, 
get Caleb and Ariel, you know, get a portable keyboard and send them out. Now, as ridiculous as that is, that's what you do. What is it? It's being thankful. The thing that Adam and Eve failed at, you can succeed at every day. God, I don't understand what's going on. Like we read in John chapter 13 last week, you know, he said, he's washing their feet and they said, he said, what, you're, what I'm doing, you, you, you might not understand right now. And so what you're going through, you might not understand right now, but know that you're going through. Know that he brought you here this morning. Matter of fact, your flesh would have loved to stay home and sleep right in there. Come on, some of you thought about it and some of you are doing it right now. <laughs> on long weekends, I thank God I'm not hung over. <laughs> I have been hung over for a lot of years now, but it used to be a way of life. Come on now, that'll preach, see? Yeah. So what I'm saying is when you get over on that positive side of the ledger, not only do you feel better, but things get better. So you get a choice of how you're going to feel today. I think I'm just going to have a good time today. I just think if the disciples can get drunk in the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2 and followed into the street, then I can too. Matter of fact, today is Shemini Yetzirah. It's the, the, the day of the, re, the today on, on the Hebrew calendar is Shemini Yetzirah. It is where they celebrate the Torah. And what they do on this particular day, it started last evening, it ends up at 6 o'clock this evening, is they, they, they go to the synagogue, we go to church, and one by one they'll pick up the scroll, and they'll run around the church, and they'll leap, and they'll act crazy. And then they'll read the last chapter of Deuteronomy and the first chapter of Genesis to let you know that the Word of God is your life, and, and it sustains you. I knew I could count on her. She does that at 5 o'clock in the morning. No, no, yesterday I was playing Dire Straits again, Do the Walk of Life. Nancy took off. And then I put on a Stephen Wolf tone. No, Deep Purple. Deep Purple. Yeah, sometimes we play flesh tunes and get spiritual. I don't know how it happens. But that's what they do. They rejoice in the Torah and they get, the rejoice means to be clamorously foolish. And no, no, but the North American, especially in conservative Canada, I could never act like that. Well, you ought to. But, but, but this is, Pastor Paul, this is what it took me back to. One time, like we went to the Philippines eight times. I'm sure you've heard us mention that probably 80 times. But when we went there, one time we took, well, lots of times we took, but in this particular time, we took 60 or 70 leather-bound, what's it called, open Bible? Yes. But they wouldn't open them. No, no, we brought them there, and they had their, we had their names engraved on the front and all that kind of stuff. They kept them in the box. No, no, but you think about yourself now, yourselves. Think about us here, and, you know, get on your phone. How many translations have I got on here? I have no idea. They keep adding new ones. And, you know, the passion and it seems to be the popular one this year. Message Bible was popular a few years ago. I sat and taught a man, an older man, in my class every morning. 
And he had the Dakes Bible. He didn't have a Dakes Bible, but he had the Dakes Bible notes handwritten. Handwritten. Like his Bible was swelled up from. But my point is the reason why they rejoiced over the Torah was because they had one. Like if you go to Ethiopia, where the Jews are right now, they don't have anything like that. And if you gave them a scroll to read, and, and so we kind of we take for granted. And, and the devil makes sure that there's things that you don't have right now that you'd like to have. But the guy is never satisfied. So if you're waiting for that to happen, you know, you get a new car, and after a few months, it's an old car. Then you're running around trying to buy a smell, spray to spray it to make it smell like new again. And then you get a scratch on it. And then somebody runs a grocery cart into the side of it. No, no, but yeah, and a bird, yeah, a bird will cooperate on that after you wash it sometimes, right? But I'm still to this day, when I buy a new pair of shoes, man, I park those over to the side for the first week or so. Give it a few months. Flick. Landed right where Nancy won't even notice. <laughs> In the back of the closet. <laughs> None of you act like that, I know. But my, what is my point? My point is we need to focus. Fix ourselves on Christ's abundant supply. Focus. Focus. How does that work? Fixed on Christ's abundant supply. And then if you add ED, focused every day. Every day I'm focused on his supply. He supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. Come on. He, he, I delight myself in him and he gives me the desires of my heart. He supplies all my needs. So my needs, my wants and desires are already fulfilled in the spirit. And just because I can't see them in the flesh right now doesn't mean that they're not coming. You know, I was talking the other day, I think with Pastor Paul or somebody. You know, when you read, um, I haven't forgotten tithes and offerings, so don't be concerned and jump up and wave because you're so excited about tithes and offerings, which should be the, the, the biggest celebration of the day, but, but it's a very solemn time. <laughs> But, but in Isaiah chapter 6, just when Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and the angels came around and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I mean, he had such an impactful visitation from the Lord. But the funny part about that chapter is, it should have said, in the year that King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord. Not I saw the Lord. He's the one that died. Which proves to me, like, like in Paul the Apostle said in Corinthians chapter 14, I knew a man 14 years ago. Is it chapter 14 or just that verse? He said, I knew a man of 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I could not tell. He was caught up into the third heaven and saw things too awesome to even to, to describe. So when I read that, and then I think about how the Bible says that he's no respecter of persons, 
I don't think that I should be shocked when I get there. I think that I should have already been there before I died. But I've been playing around with the carnal Christianity and never pressed into that deep place where I can really go. And again, that's Corinthians chapter 3. Peter, Paul said it this way. He said, he said can we just go there? And, and... Corinthians is in the New Testament, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First Corinthians chapter 3? Sound right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And brethren, so you know he's talking to the church. He's not talking to unsaved people. He's talking to you and me. He said, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as of carnal. Now, carnal is somebody that's led by your senses, not led by the Spirit. Like Romans 8.14 says, when you learn to be led by the Spirit of God, you become sons. So we're talking about a child that still needs to be guided and corrected, right? And so he said, you're carnal. But then he, then he goes further and he says, you're like a baby, What's a baby like? Well, they'll put anything in their mouth. They'll, they'll eat shiny things, whether it's food or not. They squirm and cry to get attention. They act out. The only time they're... And no, okay, let's not continue on that vein. But you understand what kids are like. They'll, you have to wait on them hand and foot because they're not mature. Okay, he said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For up until now, you're not able to bear it. Neither, now, he said, you're not even able. He said, here's how you identify your carnality. Here is when you're living like a caveman. A carnal Christian is like a caveman. Could we say it that way? <laughs> Knock you in the head because they don't like you. <laughs> He said, for where there is, uh-oh, is that word, there among you envy and strife and division? He said, you walk like a primitive or a mere man. David said one time, he said, forgive me, Lord, I've acted like a beast before you. I forgot that I was created in the image and the likeness of God, and I ought to be acting like God instead of acting like Gary. Right? That's why 1 John 1, 9, thank, thank God for 1 John 1, 9, those that don't believe in repentance, I repent every day. For those of you that don't believe in repentance, I want you to know I repent every day. Repent simply means change my mind, change my attitude, change my direction, change my actions, because I don't, in the natural, I don't think right. If I thought right, he wouldn't have had to write Romans 12 too. Don't be conformed to this world, but transformed, metamorpho, transformed, transformed by renewing your mind by the Word of God. And after I study the Word of God for a month or two, I'm going to correct the pastor. No. No, it... <laughs> no, no, but it, you know, no, no, we get, the, we just sometimes learn just enough to be dangerous and not recognize the anointing, the gift of the fivefold ministry. Well, I know more than that. And I watched so-and-so on TV, and he said this and that and such. You can learn lots of things on TV. And some of them are good. And some of the stuff that's on Christian TV. <laughs> so he said, don't act like a mere man. What was my point in all this? Be thankful. 
and, 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 and don't allow envy and strife and jealousy. And don't compare yourself with somebody else. The reason why your fingerprint is different than everyone else's, the reason why your retina is different than everyone else's, is only you can make that imprint on this generation. And your gift is totally different than somebody else's gift. And maybe you admire their gift, but that's okay. Remember, it's a gift. Remember that without whatever God did in their lives, they'd be nothing. And so you are, Paul said it this way, I am what I am by the grace of God. And he said, he said, I've worked abundantly more than y'all, but he said, it wasn't my work that got it done. It was the grace of God that was on me in the anointing that was on my life. So we, the great apostle Paul, no, great God. The apostle Paul yielded himself to the Holy Ghost. And if that makes you great, then he was great. If it doesn't, then he wasn't. <laughs> it's God on flesh doing what flesh can't do by itself. That's the anointing of God. Amen? Praise the Lord. How about if we go to, um, how about if we, go to we go to Malachi? He just left the room and goes to Sunday school, but this is, the, this is the original Malachi here. And, um, and uh, uh, yeah, Nancy, could I have that? Our prayer shawl. We're not going back into Judaism. Don't get panicked, okay? I know there are people on the on Christian Channel that are teaching now that this was when it talks about going into your prayer closet that this is the closet and that really you should be using these now. My response to that would be uh, if burning a candle helps you with your faith then burn five. But this has nothing to do with the New Covenant Church. And I can prove it in the Word. But yet, but yet, but here's the thing. You don't say anything because they're out there teaching it and people are getting results. So, you know, why be a Pharisee and say, oh, let's say the Lord, that's not. Just let them, you know, there's some things you just got to let go, Right. If, they're, if it's working for people, then don't trash it. But anyway, this, if I can, hello. <laughs> no, 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 you're not supposed to talk like that. You're supposed to be like Jesus. Okay. Okay, so, so you know, have yourself a good time right now. Okay. Ah, let's read Malachi chapter four. There is a point to all this. For behold, the day comes that will burn like an oven. And all the proud and all those that... Now again, remember what we've been prophesying. And the prophecy that you saw last week and all of that. And know that what's coming up in, in, in a very short while. And know that this happens before the rapture of the church and all that. Read Joel chapter 2, and, and you'll see what happens before the great and terrible day of the Lord. But let's just look at this passage for now. For behold, the day comes that will burn like an oven, and the proud and those that do wickedly shall be like stubble, you know, like, like sparks in the fire on the day that comes to burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that, shall leave, that it shall leave neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name, and it's fear without being afraid. It's like he's Papa God, but he's also God. He's holy, holy, holy as the Lord God Almighty. So I don't get too friendly. 
I'm his friend, but I don't get too friendly. I remember to be in awe of him. And whenever I experience his presence really in a strong way, I always repent. I cry sometimes. I haven't done anything wrong. But when I sense his presence really strong, it's like, oh, God, forgive me. Because he's so holy that he draws that out. You know, because we still have flesh that we live in, right? Yeah. He said, but unto you that fear my name, shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And these are the wings, by the way, right here. These are the wings. Healing in his wings. And you shall go forth and grow up like calves loosed from a stall. It's like he wants you. You've been locked up in sin or you've been locked up in sickness. Or you've been locked up in poverty. He's saying, if you just get a touch from me, he said, you'll run, you'll leap, you'll be free. Even before, and again, make sure it's before the circumstance changes. Anybody can praise the Lord on the other side of the Red Sea. Anybody can praise the Lord after the breakthrough. The key to the breakthrough is praising him beforehand. And remember that, that, that your, your breaking point and your breakthrough are the same place. Your breakdown and your breakthrough will always be in the same place. And if you break down, then you have to go around the mountain again, through the desert again, until you get to your breakthrough. But it's up to you. It's not up to him. They didn't have to be 40 years in the wilderness. It took them 40. Like, come on. You can believe now. You can, you can, when you begin to act free. Amen. He said, you'll grow up like calves from a stall, and you'll tread down the wicked for they shall be asses under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, says the Lord of hosts. So he's telling you something here. He said, he, he said, remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him at Horeb and to all of Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send before you Elijah, the prophet before the, look at this before the coming, before the coming underline before the coming, before the great, before the coming of the great, in the terrible day of the Lord. To one, it's a destructive fire. To the other, it's a glorious sunrise and healing. Come on. The glory, but here, the glory in any, the glory in any situation will be determined by the expectation of the people. Paul and I were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. Why did we have such powerful meetings when we had Vicki Jameson and some of those people in the building? Because people were expecting. The, the, you know, God's here today. He's able to do every bit as much today as he did then. We're waiting for somebody to come. You're that somebody. You're the one. You're the one. Get expecting. He wants to do some things in your life. And so before the great and terrible day of the Lord. But look at this, verse 6. Look at verse 6. Now, you know this is not happening in heaven. This is happening before he shall turn the heart of the fathers unto the children, the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So, you know, again, he, he said he was going to do that. And I know that you'll say, well, Jesus said John the Baptist was Elijah. Well, he was a type of the spirit. Just like the early church, the book of Acts, church was how the church started. Come on. 3,000 people saved in one, one day in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 2, rather, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Well, the day of Pentecost has come now. Are we waiting for him? Okay, let me, let me, I need to get this off because it's hot. But So what they would do is they would, they would now first of all, the zitzit and, 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 and the color, this color 
They couldn't make this for, for a thousand years or so because they didn't know how to get the color. They found out maybe 15, 20 years ago that there is a snail that migrates once every 70 years. And they, seven, 70 years, and they grind that shell and turn it into the proper dye to make these. But these are called, well, these are called the wings. And so, so when, in Mark 5, 25, when the woman with the issue of blood came, she, she said, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be healed. And so anyway, I'm watching this guy on TV because Dee told me about this guy. So I'm watching him on TV and he tells you that you need these now and you need to go, this is how you go into your prayer closet. And, and so this is your prayer closet and you can go in there and pray in this special anointing. Well, there may be. I'm not saying there isn't. But that was the old covenant. And I read in my Bible says in Acts chapter 5 that Paul was walking down the street and they said if they, they had to touch Jesus, all they had to do was get close to Paul. See, that's the new covenant. And, and, and Paul knew it. Peter knew it. Peter knew it. He said, if you just, yeah, it was Peter actually who shattered they had to get into it because Paul was a heathen at the time killing Christians. But my, my point is, Peter, Peter, to me, is such an example of a born-again Christian who had really messed up. Fifty days beforehand, he had denied Jesus three times, and now you get to see him in Acts chapter 3, and he gets up and he doesn't apologize. Well, let me tell you about what I did, blah, 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 before he starts preaching. He gets up and he says, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel, and away he went, because he understood forgiveness. Then he goes by the gate beautiful. He said, silver and gold, I don't have any right now. I, I did another dumb fishing trip like I did at the start of my ministry, and it didn't work. It still doesn't work. He said, I don't have any gold or silver right now, but what I, such as I have, I give it unto you in the name of Jesus Rise up and walk. And immediately his ankle bones and his feet began to have strength. And he went leaping and running and praising. The Lord ran right into church. And then Peter said, you think that I had anything to do with this? He said, no, but I have got faith in the name. It was faith in his name. The power of attorney that he gave me when he transferred his name to me gives me the authority to do the same thing. And so the early church did that. And for hundreds of years, the church did that. And then religion got in. And then guilt and shame and condemnation got in. And, and see, religion will always talk about rules. But the grace of God talks about love. That's the difference. Religion has rules. Love does not. No, no, we looked at that last last. Uh, Sunday, I think it was, we looked at Ephesians 3 in verse 12. Wait, now verse 10 says, verse 10 says, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers might be made known by the church, made known by the church, that the principalities, it might be made known by the church, made known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. And it says he purposed it in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. And then verse 12 says, in whom we have boldness and access 
with confidence by faith of him. That means when I go into the presence of God, he's not going to slap me for something that I did yesterday. No, but people need to know that. You know, you, come, you think you're going to get a loan from the bank when you approach God. <laughs> no, he said boldness, access with confidence. Hebrews 4, 16 says, come boldly onto the throne room of grace. Why? Because you belong there. You belong in the presence of God. Ephesians 2, 6, you're seated in heavenly places in Christ. When, when Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, he would have saw me too. I saw the Lord and Gary, and they were high and lifted up, and their train filled the temple. That sounds religious to you, or sacrilegious rather. That's the truth. I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ, and so are you. And man, when we get a hold of this revelation, not information, but when we get a hold of this revelation, it's powerful. It's powerful. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here, uh, let's, let's just look at Malachi 4 again. He, said, he says, Remember the law of Moses. Well, the law came through Moses. Grace and truth came from Jesus. But the law came on Pentecost too. Did you know that? That's when the law was given, Pentecost. And, and the Holy Ghost came at Pentecost. When the law was given, 3,000 people died. What happened with Pentecost? 3,000 people got born again. Why? Because the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. He's trying to tell you, you've got life now and life more abundantly. It, it, it won't make you arrogant, but it ought to give you some assurance. It ought to let you know, hey, I'm not junk. I was created in the image and likeness of God, and I know it now. The identity thief stole from Adam and Eve, but he's not getting my identity. I'm a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Who do you think you are? Do you have a half hour? No, I'm serious, man. And I realized this after years and years of being a Christian. My weapon, my greatest weapon, you know, he, there is no fear in love. Mature love casts out fear because fear hath torment. The greatest weapon that you have is the most ridiculous one. Love. I mean, ridiculous is when you, have, when you want to destroy a devil and you, and you have a baby born in a manger. Like, like, don't think natural. He said, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. I, I tell you, he said, if you can just praise me, I can take care of everything else. If you can just worship me to get your focus off you, I'll take care of everything for you. How often will I do it? Well, rejoice in the, Paul said it in the Philippian jail in 4-4, rejoice in the Lord always. And I don't think that just means at all times. I think it means all every way possible. And again, I say rejoice. And rejoice sounds like you got to fire something up. No, sometimes you got to start it. Sometimes you have to put it on. Sometimes you have to act like it when you don't feel it. Sometimes you have to go ha, ha, ha when you want to go boo, hoo, hoo. But if you keep going ha, 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 before you know it, may take a little while sometimes before you know it, you'll be rolling on your own floor laughing. And if the devil says, what are you laughing about? Say, you. 
Hallelujah. That's the weapon. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, high things that exalt themselves against the word of God and bring my thought life into captivity to obey this book. This book is my truth. What I see out there may be facts, but it's not truth. This is the truth. His word is forever settled in heaven. Psalm, verse, Psalm 120, verse 80 said, I have magnified my word even above my name. The, the, to me, that sounds like he put the word first and then he signed it in his blood to let you know that it'll always, always come. It's, it's settled in heaven and you settle it in your heart. When you settle it in your heart, you'll be free. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. If you're not free, you don't have enough. How do I get it? No, just think about it. If you watch a series on TV, I do. I wouldn't even tell you what it is because I'd be embarrassed. It's such a love sappy story. It is so sappy, I should be embarrassed. You think Hallmark movies are bad. This is a, a notch above. Uh, what's it called? Something of the heart. Yes. And I'm sitting there watching that. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Ariel. When I get up, I still feel clean. You guys watch it too? Come on now. And I know some of you guys are saying, what kind of man would watch that? This guy. <laughs> What's that? James does too. James does too? Yeah, but Heather made him. No. <laughs> T. James? Brother James. <laughs> no, but I pray, may the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, God. And I find that some things, if I watch them and go to bed, it, you know, it's trouble. It's troubling. Uh, because those things are real, but they are so graphic now. Like if you watch some of the stuff from years and years ago, you know, it would take a cowboy, he'd have to fall down a flight of stairs, fall out into the street, and then he'd have to take him 10 minutes to die. And, and there'd be a little spot on his shirt. Now it's like, you know, his stomach's hanging out on the road. And, and uh, so, yeah. How did I get on? <laughs> Talking about the word? Oh, good. That's a pretty broad subject here today. <laughs> well, let me show you something in here anyway, in case you didn't know it. it, it notice in verse 4, it says, remember the law of Moses and, uh, that he commanded. And then in verse 5, it says, and we'll send Elijah. So Moses represents the word of God, and Elijah represents the spirit of God. And then when you think about Acts 3 and verse 19, you don't need to go there. You can if you want to. I'm not trying to hide anything from you. But in Acts 3.19, it says, repent. And, and again, repent is metanual. It means you're not thinking right. Even the word wicked comes from wicker furniture. It means your thoughts are twisted. It doesn't mean... You know, I know there are some evil people out there, but mostly it's people that are ignorant. They're not evil, they're just ignorant. But he, but he, so the word of God and the spirit of God, so Acts 3.19 says, repent and be converted, 
And it's epi, epi is upon, and strepo means the way that you're walking. And so when you read be converted, it simply means your GPS kicked in, you missed your exit. And so now you're going to turn around and go back and get back on track. It's not, repent, you scumbag. No, that's religion does that. Real repentance is love telling you, wait, that big red sign says wrong way. That's not your, that's not your entrance to the highway. That's the exit for that 18-wheeler that's coming. And you just went the wrong way up the ramp because you didn't see that big, bold, wrong way sign. That's God. Wrong way. You've been doing it your way for how many years and it hasn't worked? This is the thing that gets me. Been doing it for 40 or 50 years and it doesn't work. And continue to say, why isn't it working, God? Because it's the wrong. If it's not working, let me just help you here. If what you're doing is not working, it's time for a change. It's time to do something different. You want something different, but you continue to do the same thing? I, I disappoint you. It's not going to happen. And, and the best thing that you can do is roll all of your care over on the Lord and leave it there. Just leave it there. If you're dealing with finances, laugh over it. Thank him for fixing it, and then go your way. If it's a healing in your body, fall down, get up, and laugh some more. No, just stay thankful. Say, hey, hey, if the devil could have killed me, he'd have done it when I was three. Hallelujah. This was not, this, this last few weeks, it's not going the way I, I had another idea. But anyway, so repent and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. And it's the word to obliterate. Like when you delete something from your hard drive, a good, an expert can go in and, and recover it. Like uh, perhaps, perhaps, you know, Ken could, Ken could recover things that you lost. Well, you know, I don't know if you recover what I lost, but anyway, um, when he says obliterated, it's like if you went to him and said, God, remember what I did three years ago? he would look at you with a blank stare because he chose to take that out of his consciousness. If you messed up this morning on the way to church and you asked him to forgive you, it's gone, baby. It's gone. No, but you got to get that. You got to get that. And that doesn't make you want to screw up more. It doesn't. It makes you more responsible because you realize what a great gift... Yeah, you know, he paid a debt he didn't know, and I owe a debt I cannot pay. Hallelujah. So Moses represents the word, and, and, and Elijah the spirit, and he said, your sins will be obliterated. And then he said, you'll receive times of refreshing. And that is the word for recovering of breath. It's the word for mouth-to-mouth uh, -mouth resuscitation. It's like you've exhausted yourself, but you do this repentance and he puts his mouth over your mouth and breathes back into you the breath of life. That's Acts 3.19. But then when you get to 3.21, it talks about Jesus, whom the heavens must receive until the, until the completion, until the fulfillment of everything spoken by all of the prophets from the beginning of time. 
So, so when you know that and you look at last week's prophecy, you can believe it. This is, I know there's pastor preachers out there on TV right now talking about the rapture could happen at any moment. I'm giving you verses. Read Joel chapter 2. Maybe we should. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally not going the other way now anyway, so. No, you, if you own, you just got to know. They wouldn't listen. They did not know how. Perhaps they'll listen now. Joel. Joel's always fun to find, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about we begin in 221? Fear not, O land, and be glad and rejoice. What are we supposed to do? No, if you want to know what to do with the rest of your day, it's right here. How am I supposed to do my day, God? Fear not. Be glad. Rejoice. Why? Because when I do that, the Lord will do great things. You want them working in your life? Fear not. Be glad. Rejoice. Just act like you're not in your right mind. Because you need to get out of your mind. You need a head bypass operation sometimes. Think too much. You think too much. Think, think, think. He said, any man thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. He didn't say come and think. <laughs> People have been thinking too much. Be not afraid. He's even talking to the animals. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Verse 23. Be glad, you children of Zion. If you want to know who Zion is, read Hebrews chapter 12 and chapter 13. It'll make it very clear to you that this is the church. Okay. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has, notice, hath, hath, he hath already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. He has already given you, come on, he said, I've given you the former rain moderately. That word is faithfully, and he will cause. The, he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain, both in the first month. And the former rain in the, in the, in the Hebrew is Moray Zedekah. Moray is teacher and Zedekah is righteousness. So he's talking about Jesus came. He was the early rain and it came faithfully. It came right on time. And the church even though, you know, the, the latter rain, when, when Peter said, this is that, and it's spoken by Joel, it was, what he meant was, this, this is the beginning of that. The fulfillment of that is so much greater than the beginning of that. How many of you know he leaves the best until last? Amen. So he said, more Zedekiah. So Jesus came. He said, but, but he said, you're going to get both the former rain and the latter rain, both in the first month. You're going, to get, you're going to get the Word of God, Moses. You're going to get the Spirit of God, Elijah. You're going to get the Word and the Spirit exploding upon the nations in Jesus' name. And nations will be baptized. Hallelujah. How about verse 24? And the floors shall be full of wheat. What does wheat represent? He said, the harvest is already here. Wheat represents souls being saved, man, woman. Womb, man, man, man. We're all men. Some of you have a womb, and you look a lot prettier than we do. That's good. So, 
He said, and the vats will overflow with wine and oil. What did the what did what did the good Samaritan do to the man that was found half dead? He poured in the oil and the wine, and he took him to the innkeeper and said, I'm paying you two days' wages here, and if he owes any more when I come, put it on my tab. The oil and the wine, the born again and the filled with the Holy Ghost. How about verse 25? And I will restore unto you the years that the locust has eaten. Now, when you read these, when you read these worms and stuff, you need to know that they represent demon entities, and you can study it out and find out what they are. But we're not going to do that because we don't care about the devil. So, so restore unto you the years that the locust and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm and the great army that I sent among you. And look at this. Look at the verse 26. And you shall eat what? And be satisfied or fulfilled. The word in the Hebrew means glut. Or we would get the word glutton. Or a soul fall you can't. He said, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied like, like James and Heather at the keg last night. That kind of satisfied. You had to bring it into the modern vernacular. I hope you understand, okay? And praise the name of the Lord your God, for he has, hath, again, dealt wondrously with you and has dealt and my people, my people shall never be ashamed. But, but take that home with you too. Don't ever be ashamed. Don't ever be ashamed. You know, if you're convicted for something that you don't, don't take the shame. There's therefore, don't take the condemnation. Take correction, but don't take shame ever. Don't, don't ever say, I'm so ashamed of myself. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're created in the image and likeness of God. You, you, you missed the mark. And God can fix you up. And you shall know, verse 27, and you shall know I'm in the midst of Israel, that I am the Lord your God and no one else, and my people shall never be. Why did he say it twice? Because he knows human nature. If he said it once, it's really important. If he said it twice, and you shall know that I'm in the midst of you. I'm the Lord your God, and no one else you will never be ashamed. And it shall come. Now look at this. And it shall come to pass after. After everything that we just read. After this. That I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. And upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit I will show signs and wonders in the heaven and in the earth, and so on. He's talking about, he's talking about, it's kind of like when we come in from, from the country. The sign says, Dartmouth, 26. What does the sign do? We don't stop at the sign and say, oh, yeah, Dartmouth, Dartmouth, Dartmouth. <laughs> right? We're in Dartmouth. The sign says so. No, it's 26. The sign points to... The sign points to where you're going. And God wants to use mighty signs, wonders, and miracles in and through you to point people to him. And so in order for him to do that, 
He only needs your cooperation. And in order to get your cooperation, he has to do John 13, 35. He's got to get us to that verse. He's got to get us. Is that, is that where he says, they'll know you're my disciples by the way you love one another? I'm telling you, when we begin to love one another, really, and I mean really care about one another. Can we, can we look at one more verse before we close? Or a set of verses, Acts chapter 4. And then we're done. I can smell your turkey cooking. <laughs> you didn't invite me over, but that's okay. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that because now I'm not to give the invitation. <laughs> now, to me, to me uh, in verse 13 of Acts 4, it says, Now, when they saw the boldness, remember coming boldly onto the throne of grace, of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, so they didn't didn't think much of of the disciples, they marveled. Hallelujah. Let's make some people marvel. Hallelujah. And took knowledge of them. And this is all we want people to see. There's something about you. You've been, you're kind of rough around the edges for a preacher, but I can tell you've been with Jesus. I can tell that you've been in the throne room of God and you got some holy information to, to pass out. And so then you get over to verse 29. Well, no, you see, this chapter is really good because they told them they couldn't have church. They told them they had to wear masks. But then Paul went to Damascus. Uh, uh, uh. That was really bad. Uh, That was awful. Verse 29. Now, by the way, this word boldness, it's parahesia, and it means outspoken, blunt, fearless, confident, freedom of speech, a love for the genuine, and here's the best one, a true citizen. When you're a true citizen, you're bold about it. Hallelujah. Verse 29, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto them. And see, they had to pray for boldness. You don't have to have it in the natural. You can be very timid in the natural. But God says, if you'll pray for me, I'll give you boldness. How bold will you make you? Well, let's look at what happened to these guys. Lord, stretch, they prayed for it. Lord, stretch forth your hand and let signs and wonders be done. And they weren't saying, so that everybody can look at me. Look, I'm operating in the It wasn't about them at all. That's the thing. It's about him. It's just about him. And then when it's about him, you don't care who he uses. Right? You, you don't get jealous. You say, it's like I remember one time Mike Kennedy called me up and he, he I don't know who of you would know him. But anyway, he's a, he's a Keith Moore's pilot and he works in, in Keith Moore's ministry. So we've been friends for a long, long, long time. Before he was hooked up with Keith Moore and all that, he was tribe of Judah and went to a church in Colorado and then went to a bunch. Of, anyway, the short story, the short story, is he had a really nice home in Branson, Missouri, up on a cliff, a big log home, beautiful home. And uh, we went and stayed there for, for a few days one time, myself and Nancy, while we were in, visiting. And um, a few months later, he called me up and he said, this is what he said. He said, Gary, I'm calling you because I know you won't be jealous. 
I'm thinking, are you really sure? <laughs> I could be. What is it? <laughs> New Harley? I'm jealous. <laughs> he said, he said, I got a phone call from a businessman in New York from the stock exchange. And he said, he called. He said, I don't know the guy. He said, he called me up and asked me what my mortgage was. And he said, I told him, I think they owe 270 or 300, quite a large sum of money. He said he paid it off. A man I never met. Now your proper response should be next. It's like, no, but lots of times people are like, why would he do it for him and not for awesome me? <laughs> no, but see, that's the attitude. The attitude is, is, is you want, you, you know, you want Marion's book to be on the bestseller list. Not, oh, why do No, no. You say, why? Because when she succeeds, we succeed. No, but that's added. When somebody in this church succeeds, you do as well. That's why when they're down, that's why you're praying over them because, because you want them to succeed. It just changes your prayer life. Oh, God. I pray the Ephesians prayers over the church, God. Give them wisdom. Give them revelation knowledge. Let the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. Let them know the hope of their calling. Let them know today. Let them know something because they've been struggling on their own. So many times we struggle on our own. We try to make our own changes in life. And, and again, I always say, you know, New Year's resolutions don't work. And you making changes. I know you can read self-help books and make maybe a little bit of an adjustment out there. But it doesn't change a whole lot. Maybe, maybe you can, you know, you know uh, who was that one now? wrote the book uh, on positive thinking. It was years and years ago. Yeah, like those books can help for a little while. But what happens on the inside when you get the Word of God in you? That's a permanent fix. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Well, you better be reading that every day and reminding yourself every day because the world has got information coming at you all the time, and it's always... Negative. Have you ever heard a positive news report? Have you ever heard a positive weather report? They'll tell you it might be nice today, but watch out tomorrow. Because they can't even do it. They can't even give it. I, lost, I watched the last minute of W5 last night by accident. I'm thinking, dear God, why would anybody watch an hour of this? Oh, she looks pretty and sweet. Yeah. Here, come while I give you some arsenic. You have another spoonful. And then, and then the commercial came on to advertise the drug. Make sure you consult your doctor before you take this. If you see signs of blood running out your nose. No, but they, they, you listen to that. And people, people, people are so negative, they don't hear that. They go and buy the drug. How do you know? Because if they weren't buying the drug, they wouldn't advertise it that way. Crazy. This is, world is nuts. That's why I like coming here and hanging out with you sane people. Because out there, the wilderness, praise the Lord. So but, so, but I need to finish this chat so that you can go have your turkey. Okay. <laughs> Verse 31. And when they had prayed, we haven't prayed enough yet. 
how do you know you haven't prayed enough yet? Look at this. This is in the New Testament baby church. The place shook. How many of you know there's some serious prayer going on there? The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In other words, makes much available. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, makes much available. There's so much available that we're not taking because we're too much time playing and not enough time praying. Come on, I'm preaching to myself too. Don't, you, don't get ugly at me now. Come on, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> say, say, we love you, Pastor. Even if you have to lie, say, we love you, Pastor. <laughs> the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were filled. For, now, they were filled just two chapters ago, which tells me just because you filled your gas tank on Friday doesn't mean you're not going to need their tank another tank full. And the best place to get it is right here. You know, be thankful. <laughs> no, but you can get more. You can get more in a corporate anointing than you ever can at home in watching somebody on a screen. When you don't like the guy on the screen, you just shut him off, just like you do with me in here when it's live. Uh, no, but it's true. So many times we come in here and we already know what we believe. And we're not changing what we believe for anybody. No preacher's going to change the way I think. And that has been the problem forever. We have to change. I can't come in here with my mind already set on what I believe. I have to have my, 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 thought, my thoughts challenged. I have to be provoked. I, I need somebody to make me mad sometimes. I'm not going to do that today, but I'll you know, save it for another day. And I'm not going to tell you what day it is because you'll stay home. Okay. And they, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And once they got full, it says they spoke out boldness. See, in order to get your faith working, you've got to have boldness. You've got to have boldness. You've got to just get it going. And the multitude of those that believe, here's, here's my closing verses. And the multitudes of those that believe, this is my third closing, second closing. Okay. <laughs> Circle in the airport right now. We're coming in for a landing. And the multitude of those that believed were one heart and one soul. See, this is it. We're from different walks of life, but we, we care for them. We lift one another up. We don't get outside the church and have a meeting about somebody that did something wrong here. No, when you leave here, you speak nothing but life. Life over everyone you came in contact with. And, and, and don't share that prayer request. Well, you know, we really need to pray for so-and-so because blah, blah, blah. You're not even planning on praying. You just want to gossip. So don't do that. The gossipers, the gossipers get the least in the kingdom of God. They spoke about a multitude. Look at this. The multitude. Look at this. Because they got in that one place. One place. Not a big, big church either. Just a group of people. Come on, one can chase a thousand, two can put 10,000 to flight. It doesn't take large numbers. It just takes one accord. The multitude of those that believed are one heart and one soul. Neither did they have things of their own, but they had all things in common. In other words, if I knew that Pastor Paul needed some money, I wouldn't just say, God bless you and drive home. <laughs> oh, bless you, brother. <laughs> no, no, but then, you know. Oh, you're blessed. I call you blessed. No, I'm not. I'm broke. 
But because they lived like that, with great power, with some great power, love one another. Love never fails. The greatest, these three abide, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, because love, the, the end justifies the means. And the faith and the hope are to get you to love, right? Great power you give us witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace. That's degrees. You know, you can get more grace. Matter of fact, Peter said grace and peace can be multiplied onto you. You think you, you, think you got some grace now? You, you can multiply it. Yeah. Your faith, you know, Paul told the, uh, Thessalon, uh, the church at Thessalonica, or Timothy, rather, somebody told them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> your faith grows exceedingly. So you can have a little bit of faith. You can have great faith, but you can grow it yourself. You can grow it in your garden, your heart. Great grace was upon them all. Look at verse 34. Neither were there any among them that lacked. Now jump over to verse 11 of chapter 5. A great fear, reverence of God came upon all the church as many as heard these things. And by our hands, by the hands of the people at New Covenant Ministries, our many signs and wonders worked among the people because they were all in one accord at Solomon's Port. Solomon's Port was where the Word of God was read. So it's here. And, and no man joined them, but the people magnified them. And but look at this. And believers were more added unto the Lord, multitudes of men and women, insomuch as they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and coaches, lest by the shadow of Shirley Wilson, he's no respecter of persons, Rick Wood, by the shadow of Rick Wood overshadow some of them. <laughs> They, how, about verse, how about verse 16? There came a great multitude from all about the cities around about where they were ministering. They came out to a Saturday night service at New Covenant Ministries, bringing the sick and those that were vexed with unclean spirits. These things have happened in the past. I mean, when Amy Simple McPherson had meetings, ambulances would show up with people that were on deathbeds, and they would pass the stretchers over top of the crowd to get them up to the front so they could get healed. Amy Simple McPherson is just a Canadian woman preaching the gospel when women weren't allowed to preach. Amen. No, come on. Read Psalm 66. The Bible says that there will be a great company of witnesses and preachers in the last day. And when you look at it in the Hebrew, it's female. Hallelujah. Women preachers in the last day prophesied. And there's still people out there to think women aren't supposed to preach in the church. You're dumb as a stump. No, 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 this is Thanksgiving. I thank God. I thank God for your healing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So be thankful. Just thank Him that you get to hear the Word of God. Just thank Him that the Word of God makes changes in your life that you couldn't make. Just thank Him that he's so good and so awesome and that he saved you for the last days so that he could show the great and mighty things that are coming on the planet while you're here. We've heard about them in the past. Now we're going to get to live in them, see it for ourselves. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. 
We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.